We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up Show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Today is Friday, January the 29th, 2021. On today's show, I break down tomorrow's game, Gamecocks, looking to make it back-to-back SEC wins and get back to 500 in SEC play when they take on the Vanderbilt Commodores in Nashville tomorrow night. I'll break down the game in its entirety. We're talking top storylines, Vanderbilt players to watch for, keys to the game. I'll give my prediction much, much more from there as well. Also, we continue along with the season preview series for Gamecock Baseball as we sit now just 21 days away from opening day. I'm breaking down the Gamecocks' second baseman heading into the 2021 baseball season. I'll talk key losses, who's back, most approved, best overall, season will be successful if, give my overall grade, much, much more from there as well as guys. Like I said, we sit 21 days away from opening day. Got a packed show in a Friday, guys, so sit back, relax, enjoy. And it's all brought to you by our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. Guys, Upstate Movers Group, superior moving service. They bring care and attention other companies can't offer because they're just too busy maintaining trucks and profiting off of them instead of focusing on service. Guys, service is what separates Upstate Movers Group from the competition. They're not a trucking company. They are a moving services company, and they're also employee-owned co-op. Their movers are paid twice the industry average, and everyone on the crew is just invested in the success of the project as you are. They have dedicated professional crew members, and they also offer black glove service, guys. They offer end-to-end packing services, custom crating and packaging for special items, and cleaning services as well. They are founded by Greenville Natives and University of South Carolina alumni, so a Gamecock-owned small business. They also offer 20 years of project management and moving experience, and they can offer logistics and solutions that traditional moving companies simply do not have the skills for. Guys, whether you're in the upstate or across the state of South Carolina, if you have any moving needs in 2021, be sure to check out my friends over at Upstate Movers Group. You can find them on social media, at Upstate Movers Group. And of course, if you have any questions, want to find out any more information, be sure to go to their website, upstatemoversgroup.com. That is upstatemoversgroup.com. Be sure to check them out and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it.
Phillips. How's it going? I'm Chris Phillips, host the Spurs Up show. As always, appreciate you guys tuning in. It is a beautiful Friday in the city, and I hope you all are having a great Friday as well. Whether, again, you're on the commute, you're in the office, you're at home with the day off, whatever it may be. Hope you're having a fantastic Friday, and I hope you all had a great week as well. As again, we sit here, TGIF, and I'll tell you this, folks. Uh, I went on a run Thursday and sitting here on a Friday, and, and the weather right now, baseball's in the air. Baseball is coming up. It, you, you can start to kind of feel feel that coming back. It's, it's literally in the air. Gamecock baseball is actually starting their scrimmages at Founders Park today, probably as you're hearing this as we speak. They are starting those, having those all week. And again, unfortunately, closed to the public, and we hate it. But, man, oh, man, baseball's in the air. But, hey, we're not going to start with baseball, by the way. We're going to start with basketball because, obviously, again, the Gamecocks have a big game tomorrow night in Nashville. South Carolina taking on the Vanderbilt Commodores. Before we dive into the details of the game, I do want to remind you guys really, really quickly, watch party tomorrow night at Republic Beer Garden and Kitchen, the Vista, guys. If you need anywhere to watch the game. If you're in the Columbia area, you're going to be in town for whatever reason, and you need a spot to watch the Gamecocks take on Vanderbilt, Republic Beer Garden and Kitchen is the place. You can go there anytime, by the way. Doors do open at 11. I'm probably planning on getting there around 6.30 or 7, if you will. We've got the pre... or No, actually, way before that, probably 6 or 6.30, because we've got the pregame show from 7 to 7.30. Excuse me, 7.30 to 8. I don't know what time I'm getting there, but I'll be there before tip-off. So I'm going to get there about 7 o'clock or so, Pre-game show on the Daily Crow, which will be on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. You guys know the drill. That will be 7.30 to 8, and then tip-off will be at 8.30. But again, doors open at 11 for them. Republic Beer Garden and Kitchen. It's in the Vista, in Columbia, in the old Flying Saucer spot. If you know where that is, that's where it's at. Again, Republic Beer Garden and Kitchen. Um, fantastic venue. Can't say enough about those guys. But again, really excited to throw a watch party, especially after the win on Wednesday. I think things are kind of picking up a little bit. I think fans have a new sense of energy and optimism. I know I do, um, especially in a game at Vanderbilt that you feel like you have a really good chance to win. And with that being said, let's dive into the game that we're going to be watching at Republic Beer, Beer Garden and Kitchen. That is the Gamecocks taking on the Commodores. Game in Nashville, of course. Vanderbilt Memorial Gymnasium at 8.30 tip on the SEC Network. And Vanderbilt struggling. There, There is no other way to put it. The Commodores are struggling this season, 4-8 and eight overall, 0-6 in the SEC. They did put up a good fight in their last SEC game on Wednesday against the Florida Gators, lost by seven. But uh, it, it's been tough sledding for Jerry Stackhouse's team, who is the head coach of Vanderbilt. Listen to these stats, guys. Vandy is averaging 72.4 points per game. They are giving up 73.9 points per game. Literally getting outscored. That's how bad of a season it's been for Vandy. Also, they're shooting 43% from the field and 34% from three-point range. Their opponents are shooting 47% from the field and 34% from three-point range. They're getting outshot and outscored by their opponents. So it has been tough sledding for Vandy basketball this season. You think that would bode well for South Carolina. Let's go ahead and move to the top storylines, guys. And we have to start with this because this is the word I've noticed most from Gamecock fans over the last 24, 48, 72 hours, if you will, you know, really immediately following that win over Georgia. And the word that fans have on their minds right now is consistency. Do we finally see some consistency from this South Carolina team? Because again, you struggled in that three-game losing streak. And there have been some high points in this season. You know, you... you you took care of Texas A&M. You beat them by 30 points. 
But then you go on to lose three in a row, and you, you really look bad doing so. And at least in two of those games, you look pitiful doing so in two of those three losses. Then you come out, and you wax Georgia. I mean, South Carolina really hasn't played a close SEC game yet. So it's like it's Jekyll or it's Hyde with this team. And I think the number one priority has got to be putting two good performances together, putting back-to-back good performances. Do we finally see that consistency? Does this team finally begin to build an identity of some sort? Because, again, I think we all kind of have an idea of what the identity is and or should be. You know, we we know this team's strength is the guards. At this point, we know Keyshawn Bryant's a baller, and he's going to show up night after night. But outside of that, I mean, do we know what to expect defensively? Do we know what to expect energy-wise and tenacity-wise? I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I think the Auburn and Georgia game is a perfect example of what I'm talking about. You know, you saw a team one night that that was, you know, couldn't stop anybody. I mean, gave up 109 points to Auburn. First time I think South Carolina basketball given up over 100 points since like the mid-90s. Then you come out against Georgia, relentless defense. And listen, I, I know Georgia wasn't Auburn. Georgia's not a very good basketball team, call it for what it is, but still, Give South Carolina credit for what they did on the defensive side and the adjustments Frank Martin made. Do we see that? Con- do we see that carryover? Is there finally some consistency with this Carolina basketball team? And I understand before with the COVID stuff and not practicing, and I get it. I I get why it would be hard to 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 be consistent in that scenario. But I think you're you know fingers crossed. You are past the worst of that at this point. So do we finally start to see that? Do we finally? start to see some consistency. Another top storyline for me, and I just mentioned him, though, Keyshawn Highlight Reel Bryant. Guys, Keyshawn Bryant is having one hell of a season, and it feels like he's good for one Highlight Reel play every single time he takes the floor. You know, 19 points against Georgia. Even in the losses, he's had really, really good games. And I think, you know, I I personally attribute a lot of that Georgia game because, you know, early it was a struggle. I attribute a lot of that win to Keyshawn Bryant because the second Keyshawn Bryant got things going and started running up and down the floor, I mean, for a while there, you know, the announcers, I remember, made a joke saying that, you know, it looks like everybody else is playing on a 10-foot goal or a 12-foot goal, and Keyshawn Bryant's playing on on an 8-foot goal. You know, and they, they made a good point. I mean, it was just Keyshawn literally took over that basketball game. And I think he's sort of, you know, I talked about before, um. You know, you're looking for leaders, guys that not only, you know, can lead vocally, lead by example. I feel like Keyshawn Bryant is sort of evolving into that leader. Again, I, I don't know how he is vocally, but if nothing else, a guy that is leading by example with his play and the way that he simply plays the game of basketball. So what does Keyshawn Bryant have in store against a team that, again, is allowing 47%? Might be another big night for him. Another top storyline for me, again, anytime you go to Vandy, I feel like this has to be something you mentioned. Vandy Memorial Gymnasium is a weird, weird venue. If you guys aren't familiar with the way the court's set up, it's like literally like it's like above the seats almost kind of. Like it's basically the first row of the gymnasium is below the playing surface. And again, you'd think that wouldn't mean anything, but again, you ask anybody, it is just a weird place to go play. And I know there will be no fans there basically and Hell, even if they could have fans, they probably wouldn't have any because Bandy's 0-6 in the conference. So I doubt anybody would show up. But being road warriors at their place, it's a weird spot. Weird things have happened at Vandy Memorial Gymnasium. They have. 
don't succumb to that. Don't fall trapped to, you know, the challenges of going on the road and playing at their place. South Carolina needs to approach this. No matter we're home, away, neutral site, we are the better basketball team. We are the more talented basketball team. And we are going to put on a display for 40 minutes and come out of here with a win and go home happy back to Columbia. Another big storyline I'm watching for, and again, I'm going to talk about him in just a second, but I think one that Gamecock fans certainly need to keep an eye on is just who matches up with Scottie Pippen Jr. Because that that is really their guy. Outside of Scottie Pippen Jr., there aren't a whole lot of threats on this team that really concern me, to be honest with you. And I think that's probably been Vandy's biggest struggle thus far this season. Is, I, mean, is, I mean, yeah, they got Scotty, uh, Scotty Pippen Jr. and Dylan DeSue. Beyond that, they don't have another guy averaging double digits. I mean, they're, you know, and, and, and Scotty Pippen Jr., I mean, DeSue, credit to him, but I mean, he, he's, he's a good eight points behind what Scottie Pippen Jr. is doing. The kid's averaging 21.6 points per game and just had over 30 points against Florida on Wednesday. You want to keep a team you're better than in the game? You let their guard like Scottie Pippen Jr. get hot. Who's going to match up with him? Again, I think the Gamecocks do have the guys to do it. I like the defensive game from uh, A.J. Lawson, Manaya, Coos, all those guys. I, I like their defensive presence, but you got to make sure you keep tabs on that guy. Because I, I really feel like he is the one guy on their roster that can really give you fits. So you got to make sure you're keeping tabs on Scottie Pippen Jr. And then my final storyline, guys, is just the opportunity overall for the Gamecocks to get back to 500 in SEC play. Again, it, it's crazy to think as bad as things, quote-unquote, got or really just felt, as bad as things felt a couple of days ago. You win this one tomorrow night, you're back in 500. You got back-to-back wins. And all of a sudden, you, you know, you've got confidence. And all of a sudden, listen, I'm not saying you're going to make the, the NCAA tournament, not by any stretch, but a whole new realm of possibilities open up for you if you can get back to 500, if you can take care of business in Nashville. And again, just have something to feel good about. I think that's really all South Carolina basketball fans are even asking for at this point. We we just want something to feel good about. We want something to feel good about when we tune in to watch this team two to three times a week. Bottom line. But again, the stage is set. The opportunity is there. And the biggest thing is this, and I did not list this as a top storyline, but not going to Nashville and laying an egg because that win over Georgia, great, awesome, great stuff. It's always great to beat Georgia. You got a big SEC win. You protected your home floor, the way you played, how much you won by tons of positives. But guys, if you go on the road tomorrow night and you lose to Vandy, you undo all of the good you did against Georgia. You undo it all. You're right back to square one. Because we all knew coming in this week, you know, even after you lost to Mizzou and then Auburn, as ugly as it was, you looked at the schedule and you said, okay, you got Georgia and you got Vanderbilt this week. You got those two teams back-to-back. Two very winnable games. And again, I'm recording this game, uh, I'm recording this before the spread has actually dropped for this game tomorrow, but I guarantee you South Carolina is going to open up as a favorite. No question they're going to be a favorite in this basketball game. So, two games that you feel like you should win and that Vegas says you should win. 
so pivotal that South kind of shows up and takes advantage of the opportunity because it's there. You got the opportunity to get back to 500 in SEC play after all the turmoil, after all the BS. And I feel like if you can do that, it's almost going to serve as like a, okay, now we can kind of hit the restart button. We played the COVID portion of the season. Now we're back to full strength. We're practicing. We've got games under our belt. We're kind of getting in a routine and a groove. You know, we're playing games. We're not going 10 to 12 days without playing games and having to jump back into it. And then I'll be interested to see really what this team does. So, all right, let's move into Vanderbilt players to watch for. Again, guys, I was just mentioning, but Scotty Pippen Jr., that's that's the guy you have to start with. That's the guy you got to talk about when it comes to the Vanderbilt Commodores. Again, averaging 21.6 points per game. He is leading their team again. Had a huge night against the Florida Gators. I believe it was a career night. He had like 32 or 34 points or something. Again, Vandy almost beat Florida, which Florida is a damn good basketball team. So, again, Vandy is not a team to take lightly. I will say that. But, again, Scotty Pippen Jr., that's the guy for them. That is the dude. You, you've got to find a way to limit him. That's somebody Gamecock fans need to keep an eye on. You're going to hear, most likely be hearing his name a lot tomorrow night. Uh, another player to watch for, Dylan DeSue. I just mentioned him, 8.5 rebounds per game. He is their big forward, their big threat down low. I think he's like six foot eight or six foot nine. Kind of their Keyshawn Bryant, like six foot eight, 220, if, what have you. Uh, DeSue, a big name to watch down low. And then Trey Thomas. Um, a real, a real threat from deep 37% from three point range. But again, Pippen Jr. And DeSue, those are the two big guys. Those are the only two guys on this roster that are averaging double digits for the Commodores. So that's really who this team runs through. If Vanderbilt's going to upset South Carolina, both of those guys are going to have had big games, bottom line. And with that being said, let's move into the keys of the game. Because, again, I've been harping on it over and over and over again, and I'll say it again. My first key to the game, you've got to limit Scottie Pippen Jr. You, you just have to. Because, again, the way you get upset by a team like Vandy is their star player goes off and inspires, like, this newfound confidence and this newfound energy and gives their team hope. I mean, bottom line, a guy like Scottie Pippen Jr. can give a team hope no matter how bad they are. If you've got a great guard on the right night, you can win a game. So, again, I don't know who it's going to be, whether it's Lawson, whether it's Manaya, whether it's Kusnar. The Gamecocks have the defensive guards to match up with a guy like this. But you got to limit him. You've got to limit him. I mean, you saw what he did against Florida. And I think Florida's a better basketball team than South Carolina. Just call it for what it is. Scotty Pippen Jr. goes off. I think they were down like two with like a minute left. It's no surprise. So you got to find a way, I think, to knock Scottie Pippen Jr. off his game and limit him. And South Carolina actually did a fairly decent job of that last year. So whatever he did last year, <laughs> copy and paste it if you're Frank Martin. My second key to the game, again, attacking defense. I, 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 that's a, where, a lot, where a lot of the consistency lies with this Gamecock basketball team. We need to see that Frank Martin-style defense game after game after game after game. And it starts with this one. You know, you made the early in-game adjustment. Frank Martin, kudos, tip of the cap to him. That was a great adjustment because you, I mean, you completely dismantled Georgia after that. They had no chance. They were frustrated. They were frazzled. They had no chance. We need to see more of that, that attacking defense. Because I think this is a game. I mean, I read the stats off to you guys earlier. 47% from the field is what they're giving up. And they shoot 43, which is respectable. But, dude, you should be able to score. And if you can play that attacking defense and make Vanderbilt uncomfortable, 
I think you can get up early and, and cruise to a victory in this one. So, again, second key to the game, attacking defense. And my final key to the game, win with tempo. You know, this was something I noticed against Georgia. And, again, Keyshawn Bryant sort of sparked it. When South Carolina's running up and down the floor, things are normally going pretty well. And, again, that was the case on Wednesday. I want to see South Carolina attack Vanderbilt. I want to see him get after him. Again, force the issue. You're talking about a Vandy defense, like I just said, that's given up 47% from the field. I mean, guys, what do you have to lose? You know what I mean? Make Vanderbilt make decisions. Make Vanderbilt make plays. Get after them, win with tempo. So, again, my keys to the game, limit Scottie Pippen Jr., attacking defense, win with tempo, which leads us in to the prediction. Now, this is interesting. This is very interesting. Because I'm going to have some of you upset at me. You know what? There's going to be a portion of you that are mad at me no matter what on this. Because one side of you would be furious if I pick Vanderbilt to win this game. But there's another side of you that will be furious if I pick South Carolina to win because every time I pick the Gamecocks to win, it seems something bad has happened. And listen, I'm one. I was a ball player. I'm, I am a ball player. That's how I view myself. I was a baseball player, though. I, I'm, I'm as superstitious as they come. Probably not as, some, as much as some others, but I, I, I definitely had superstitions when I played, and there's still little intricacies and things I do now in my, in my daily life. So I believe in superstitions to a degree. But I got to go with what my head is telling me. Not my heart, what my head is telling me. And when I look at this game, again, South Carolina with a great opportunity. Going on the road. You got a chance to get back to 500 SEC play. You're facing a team that you will be favored against and be, will be expected to beat. Again, a Vanderbilt team that is 0-6 in the SEC. Bottom line. You finally have something to feel good about after you dismantled Georgia. The question is, will South Carolina take advantage of the opportunity? Folks, when I look at this game, I just don't see any way Vanderbilt beats South Carolina. I, I don't. And again, guys, if I'm wrong, you can rip me, destroy me, tear me to shreds on social media, Monday when we talk again on the podcast. But... Going with my head, looking at this thing, looking at this, this game on paper. Do we fully know what to expect from South Carolina? No, we do not. No, we do not. I mean, who knows? South Carolina could come out and act like they've, they've completely forgotten to play defense yet again. But again, am I going to roll with an 0-6 Vandy team for the sake of it? Or do I believe more in a South Carolina basketball team that <clears throat> has Keyshawn Bryant playing some of the best basketball he's ever played? Still has guys like A.J. Lawson and Jermaine Kuznar and Justin Minaya. Has a guy like Jalen McCreary back on the fold. Has a guy like Wilden Levesque who had a quiet game against Georgia. Still has guys like Trey Anderson and Trey Hannibal off the bench. I just think South Carolina top to bottom guys is a better basketball team. I think they're a better basketball team flat out top to bottom. I think South Carolina is in control of this game for the most part from start to finish. And I think the Gamecocks do get the W and get back to 500 SEC play. I, I think that the Gamecocks carry the momentum over from that Wednesday victory over Georgia. They've got things to feel good about. They've got confidence. I think you'll see a team play with confidence tomorrow night and South Carolina 
gets the win in Nashville. I've got the Gamecocks 79, Commodores 71. Again, you know what? If I just jinxed us and we lose, you can come at me and you can blame me, but I can, I just in good conscience, I cannot pick Vanderbilt to win this basketball game. I don't give a damn how superstitious I am. I don't give it, you know, what I said before. I understand it. But my main point was I'm not picking South Carolina to win again until I see them actually do it. Well, I saw them do it Wednesday night. So, and again, you're taking on a Vandy team, 0-6 in the league. I know they just had a spirited performance against Florida, but realistically, South Carolina defensively has the guards to stop or at least limit Scottie Pippen Jr. And if you do that, Vandy just has no chance. They If, if Scottie Pippen Jr. does not have a big game, Vanderbilt has no chance to beat South Carolina. I, I mean, or anybody for that matter. So again, I'm rolling with Carolina. I'm rolling with the Gamecocks. Give me South Carolina 79, Vandy 71. And again, if we somehow lose this game tomorrow night, <laughs> you, guys have, you guys have the green light to just destroy me, honestly. You guys have the green light to just rip me to shreds and I, I'll eat crow and I don't know. I guess we'll just go about our way. I don't know. I I guess I'll just take it. But no, I feel really good about South Gun against 79 to 71. I think they get the win tomorrow night in Nashville. All right, let's transition from the hardwood to the, to the diamond. We're talking Gamecocks baseball as we continue along with the season preview series. 21 days, folks, till opening day. Three weeks from today. Three weeks from today. We will have first pitch at Founders Park. How great does that feel, right? Just how how giddy does that make you to hear that? Because I know for me, I'm ecstatic. I can't wait. Literally three weeks to the day from right now, fingers crossed, I will be sitting in Founders Park, listening the old the old ball hit mitt, listening the old bat hit ball. What a time. What a time to be alive. But today, obviously, we are talking South Carolina's second baseman. An intriguing position this is also. And it's and it's kind of interesting, guys. I'll preface with this also. And I think I may have said it for first base. But a lot of these positions, especially in the middle infield, guys can play multiple positions. So there's some of these guys that I've just put in these position groups. So if you hear a name and you're like, well, Chris, he plays this or he plays that or he might play this or he might play that, I totally understand. But I'm trying to put guys – just put them in certain spots just so we can talk about it and break it down. And you'll understand what I'm saying in just a second. But you take a look at the key losses for this group. And heck, we start with it off the jump. Because I put a key loss as Noah Campbell. And Noah Campbell, a guy that I, listen, he played a lot of left field last year. A ton of it. But he was a second baseman. He got drafted as a second baseman. And I would say he's really the only loss from this group. I mean, yeah, he hit 256 last year, a home run, 10 RBIs at the break when the season was called. Definitely a veteran guy. Obviously, he was a third-year player. Um, but outside of him, you've got a pretty nice core of dudes coming back. Jeff Heinrich, Braylon Wimmer, Jalen Vasquez, which is a newcomer, the freshman. I think he'll probably factor in at second base as well. Listen, there are other guys that could play second, too. Hey, Brennan Malone can play second. George Khalil could really do it if you needed him to, but these are the main guys at second base because those are the guys I just mentioned. They obviously have their own positions that you guys know that we'll talk about next week. But Heinrich and Wimmer, to me, are the two guys that you look at and the guys that are really back for the second base position. And even Braylon Wimmer, you know, I think this is a guy, Wimmer, that, you know, from people I've talked to that are very close to the situation, 
He's been working out in the outfield. He's been working out at first base. He's a guy that with his speed, athleticism, size, and his bat, his overall power, you know, they're going to want – listen, they're going to get the nine best bats in the lineup, bottom line. Bottom line, I already told you guys that. They are going to get the nine best bats in the lineup. But you look at a guy, Jeff Heinrich, hit 250 last year, had a homer, 14 RBIs. Jeff with some really, really good ABs. I thought he was really starting to hit his stride when they called the season. You know, this is a guy that I watched in all the inner squads, all the scrimmages last year in the fall and the spring, and a guy that I was really impressed with. Gap-to-gap hitter. Came off as a very clutch hitter to me. And again, that was his first year transitioning to SEC baseball. Really liked Jeff Heinrich's game. And then you look at Braylon Wimmer, who was a true freshman. Hit 220, had five RBIs. But again, the projectability and the potential is there. Struck out way too much, 12 Ks and 41 at-bats. But again, he was a true freshman. So I think you bring back a nice core to work with at second base. With that being said, let's move into most approved. And I was just talking about him. You know, it's interesting. I, I, I almost, I went back and forth. Because again, obviously most approved and best overall is going to be Heinrich or Wimmer, right? That's, that's the two main guys, like I said. But both of these guys have a lot to prove. And both of these guys have a lot of upside. But for me, I think that the most approved to me is Jeff Heinrich, and here's why. Because I think most likely he is going to be your opening day second baseman because I think Braylon Wimmer is going to bounce around the field. Okay. I think Wimmer's going to play in some capacity, but he's going to bounce around. But Jeff Heinrich, for me, I think he has the most approved because he needs to show – that he can carry over what he did last year, but also improve on it. Again, a gap-to-gap hitter. I thought a very disciplined hitter. Did some really nice things for South Carolina. Had a, had a couple really nice knocks in the uh, South Carolina-Clemson series, if you don't remember that. Specifically that Saturday game in Greenville. I remember specifically, I think he had two RBI singles. A guy that I, I feel like just is good in the clutch moment. Really good at hitting with two strikes. Nice short, compact swing. Goes straight to the baseball. But to me, it's like, all right, you had a pretty solid first year in the SEC. Cool. Or you didn't even play SEC ball, really, though. We we didn't get to conference play. But you had a pretty good first year in Garnet and Black. Now what do you do with it? You know, can you take that next step? Can you lock down that second base position? Because it's going to be a position battle, no question. Can you lock it down? And again, I like Jeff Heinrich's game a lot. He comes off to me... I remember saying this last year. He's a he's a dirtbag. You know, he's he's just a ball player. Jeff Heinrich is just a ball player. I, that is the best way to describe that kid. And I love his game. But again, to me, he's got a lot to prove. And so does Braylon Wimmer, but he is my best overall. And you might be saying to yourself, Chris, I mean, Jeff Heinrich played better than Braylon Wimmer last year. Like the numbers show it. What are you talking about? Braylon Wimmer is my best overall from almost more of a projectability standpoint. I I think you're going to see a completely different version of Braylon Wimmer than you saw last year. You know, you listen to Mark Kingston talk about him, which Coach Kingston had his media availability yesterday. He talked about Braylon Wimmer being a guy, again, like I said, that could play the outfield. He can play first base. He can play second. Can play basically anywhere for you. But the big thing that stood out to me is when he talked about Braylon Wimmer has put on 15 to 17 pounds of good weight and has really become a stick. 
Like I said, he had too many strikeouts last year, bottom line. But a stick that runs a 6'4", 6'5", 60, guys, that's a guy that needs to be in the lineup every day. Not once a weekend, not twice. No, every single day. 6'4", 6'5", is flying. And again, you watched him last year, you could see that. You know, he, he, is, he stands at 6'4". His stride is incredible. Dude is a burner. And again, I, I think that again with the with the good weight he's put on, and you know things that I've heard from sources of mine that are again very close to the situation about you know it sounds like he's been working with uh, the hitting coach that Brennan Malone's been working with, who's a really really respected guy from everything I've heard, and that Braylon Wimmer has made real strides in this offseason. If that's the case, again, we kind of I kind of saw it last year. You you could sort of see it like man, this this kid's got something. This kid's really got something. I think Braylon Wimmer could be maybe the surprise of this baseball team because I don't think a lot of people are really, especially not the casual Carolina baseball fan. They're like, who the hell's Braylon Wimmer? You know what I mean? They, they don't, they're, not, they're not totally familiar with this guy. I think that could change this. See, I think it will change. And for me, again, that projectability, what I think he's going to do this year is why I've got him listed as my best overall for the second baseman. Like I said now, he could play any position. But he damn sure can play second base. And I love that combo, honestly, of uh, Wimmer and Khalil in the middle infield. I also like the, the, the combo of Heinrich and, and Khalil. So I, I don't want to make it sound like I'm – I don't really have a preference. Just, hey, let's play the best dude. And let's get the nine, the nine best guys in the lineup. We can. With that being said, let's move to season will be successful if. And I just told you guys, with the projectability, with the speed, with the bat, putting on good weight with the improvements Wimmer has made offensively in his swing. For me, the season will be successful if Braylon Wimmer becomes a mainstay in the Gamecocks lineup. Because if he does, man, you're talking about such a dynamic ball player. Adding speed, adding a big bat. He's a gap-to-gap guy. Just drives the baseball. So... I think if Braylon Wimmer, because again, you can hear the excitement when Mark Kingston talks about this guy. I, I think if Braylon Wimmer can evolve and turn into that player that Coach Kingston, I think, sees in him and wants him to be, it could be a very fun year for this dude. A very, very great year. And again, I expect Jeff Heinrich to have a good year too. I, I do not want to make it sound like, you know, I don't know who's going to win the starting job. I don't. I, I think most likely what's going to happen, guys, is you're going to see Jeff Heinrich as your starting second baseman, probably hitting in the eight hole, seven or eight hole. And then Braylon Wimmer playing either first or outfield, hitting in the two hole. I think that's probably the most likely scenario. So I think both these guys are going to play and be contributors. But again, I think if Braylon Wimmer pans out the way that Mark Kings and others that I've talked to, how they feel about this kid. If he pans out, this dude could be a huge surprise to Gamecock baseball fans and to SEC baseball fans. All right, let's move into overall grade and we'll wrap it up here. With this group, you know, again, there's a lot of projectability. There's a lot of things to like. I really like both these guys' games. And also, by the way, let me mention, I think both are really, really good gloves. I saw Braylon Wimmer at second make some plays last year. 
I saw Jeff Heinrich at third make some plays last year. Both these dudes are plus fielders. There's no question. But with that being said, there are a lot of question marks. There are a lot of unknowns. You know, we're talking about projectability. And that's that can be a scary thing. You know, potential is a scary word because a lot of times potential doesn't pan out. Jeff Heinrich, has he taken that next step? We don't know. And we won't know, you know, neither one of these guys have played an SEC baseball game, guys. South Carolina, and it's crazy when you break it all down, the amount of guys on this roster who have not played in an SEC baseball game. I like this position. I like Wimmer. I like Heinrich. Even Vasquez, the freshman, I think he could contribute. But my overall grade for these guys, I'm going to give them a B-. minus. And if that feels a little harsh to you, again, so be it. But you got to factor in the lack of experience, too. you got to factor in. We're talking about two guys. Hey, baseball is a number-driven game, a numbers-driven game. And you got a guy that hit 250 and a guy that hit 220. That's just the reality of it. So... We need to see both guys take the next step. We need to see both guys elevate their games, but the potential is there for both these dudes. And I expect both of them to be big contributors for Mark Kingston. I really do. So I'm excited for the second base position. I'm excited for both these guys. And again, Vasquez, the freshman, I think he can contribute as well. But I'm pumped for these guys. I really am. I like both their games. And I, I you know, more so even outside the numbers, that whatever. I love the way both these guys play the game of baseball. They're both scrappy guys. They're both dirtbags. They're both, you know, in your face. They play the game the right way. And when you can start from there and you're like, okay, we got some guys that, that love the game of baseball and they play it the right way. Okay, well, we've got that out of the way now. That's a good starting point. Oh, and it also helps they're both really, really talented. So I'm giving the second baseman a B minus. Again, I think big things could be to come for both Jeff Heinrich and Braylon Wimmer but a lot to prove this season. Again, that's why they play the games, and that's why we will have first pitch in 21 days. These guys will get their first opportunity to do so. All right, that's going to wrap it up for me, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. A really fun Friday show here. Um, Again, quick reminder, watch party, Republic, Beer Garden, and Kitchen tomorrow night. Doors open at 11 there, so you can show up anytime during the day. Like I said, I'll probably be getting there about 6.30 or 7 o'clock. Pre-game show from 7.30 to 8.00. Tip-off will be at 8.30. If you can't make it out, the pregame show, of course, will be on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, the Daily Crow pregame show. You guys know the drill, and I'll go live briefly post-game as well. So show up to that, guys. Again, Republic Beer Garden Kitchen in the Vista at the old Flying Saucer spot. We've got a graphic on social media. Just check it out. I'll be promoting it, all that good stuff. Should be a really good time. But again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Go Cox, beat Vandy, and we'll talk to you on Monday. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? 
what do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.